Ciao, and welcome to the Milano Files podcast. I'm Jacqueline DiGiorgio. I'm a Milan-based food, wine, and travel writer, as well as a food tour guide and blogger. As I mentioned in the teaser, my objective with this podcast is to shine a light on and celebrate Milan's overlooked and unsung food, wine, beverage, and lifestyle culture. My first guest is Roberta Abate, a journalist who has presided over the food scene here in Milan from a couple of prominent editorial positions for the better part of the last decade. Following university in Bologna, the Calabria native arrived in Milan to pursue an MBA in fashion. She originally intended to work as a stylist, but then the food world eventually found her. She spent over four years as an editor at FineDiningLovers.it, the Italian version of San Pellegrino's food gastronomy website, before becoming the editor-in-chief of Munchies Italia, the food website published by Vice Italia. During her five-year tenure with the company, she started editing articles for Vice Italia and also oversaw the publication's special initiatives and newsletter. We recorded this interview during her time there. As of this month, December 2022, Roberta's taken on a new role, the Senior Manager of Audience Development for Vanity Fair Europe. And for the last three years, she also worked as an instructor for Gambaro Rosso's NBA in Food and Wine program at AMA, the esteemed cooking school in Parma. Welcome, Roberta. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure, my pleasure. Since you're the editor of a national food publication, I'm really most interested in your perspective as to how Milan compares to the other cities that it's often overshadowed by and maybe the media overseas and the guidebooks. I think it's such an exciting food city. And what do you think makes it stand out? In Milan, you can find uh, this international point of view on, uh, of course, Italian cuisine, but sometimes on other type of cuisine because there is a, a strong Chinese community here from a long time. And of course, there is a lot of immigration and of course, they the opening right now. So a lot of different international restaurants. So this is, I think, is a good start point because uh, you are, I don't know, there are so many inputs. And if you are a chef or if you want to open a restaurant, here you can experiment as much as you want because people are used to new openings. Uh, um, I don't know, uh, for example, to make reservations all the time or in a good advance because we want to try the, the Milanese people here, even if they don't doesn't work uh, don't work in uh, our field. They want to try and experimental so much as they can because here you can do that. Even in Rome or Venice, uh, in Florence, uh, it's it's difficult because in Rome, for example, there are some very great restaurants there, so much. But the international or for experimental point of view is even if it's bigger than Milan, is very there are very few choices. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the main, uh, I think, interesting point about Milan. And then of the, the, the things that came out from this, for example, uh, young chefs that come here and they want to try to figure out what kind of cuisine they can make. If you open here, you are certain that it doesn't work only during the weekends, but even from Thursday 
from Wednesday to Sunday because people here, I don't know if it's correct to say there is a young city because I think they're becoming a young city right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think 10 years ago was not so young as much as uh, it is right now. Mm-hmm. I can say that the people here want to drink uh, uh, and eat well. And I, I think this is the, the main thing. The young chef or uh, the, in, the entrepreneur want to see about the city, the vibrance of go out. No, it's interesting that you say that because it's one of the first things I noticed that's different about my life in New York from my life in Milan is that, well, to start when it comes to going out to dinner, I used to, in New York, go out to dinner directly after work and try to get an early reservation and then get home as soon as possible. But here it's different when you're going out to dinner. I think, it, well, I think it's changed a little bit with the pandemic because now the restaurants have just two turns, like 7.30 and 9.30 or something or something like that. But I think, you know, before that, I noticed that everyone goes home from work, they shower, they get changed, and then they go out to dinner. They love dining out. And I found that so fascinating because there's so many things, you know, you read about the city and they're like, oh, Milan, maybe they're not so big on restaurants. It's all about the aperitivo there, but that's not true. (laughs) No, you, you... You can decide to go for aperitivo and then dinner. Yeah. And that it is something that for some people are insane. You eat two times in in, uh, in the evening. Yeah. But I don't know, for example, it's uh, it's Friday right now. I'm planning to go for aperitivo and then to dinner. And of course, you, you eat at 9.30, 10 p.m. And so I think for many people, it's late. It is. Even now, I'm... Um... I know for me that that took a lot of getting used to eating dinner <laughs> later. Now I try to gravitate toward the earlier side. Where, if I can. where did you come in Italy in Milan? Sorry. I moved to Italy in 2013. Oh. And then I've been in Milan now since 2014. Yeah. So you are Milanese right now. <laughs> More or less. Yeah. I like to think I am. After <laughs> by adoption. Yeah. Yeah. After six years, I think uh, because when you say it's a, a, a well kept secret. I'm agree with you because sometimes people, they need one or two years to mm-hmm. adjust. Uh, at least for me, it was uh, like that. Mm-hmm. I'm coming from Bologna. Bologna is totally different. It's a very welcoming city, very tiny, very cocooning. And uh, when you arrive here, it's maybe trickier. But after a while, you can say you feel at home. Yes, yeah. exactly. After a while, not, not <laughs> Not the first year, at least. <laughs> it's a, yeah, there's definitely an adjustment, but once you sort of get into it and get into the groove and it's just like, yes, I feel like I belong here. <laughs> <laughs> and how would you say, or even since you've, you've been in Milan covering the food scene here, how would you say it's a, like sort of evolved a bit since you started? Uh, I think from the beginning of what I like, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, when I came here and I started to cover restaurant scene, was so much about great restaurants there. I don't know, Michelin star restaurant. And now if you, if you see the, the most hunted restaurant uh, are the new trattoria. So like, as I said before, Trippa, Pasta Madre mm-hmm. or uh, Nebbia. All these kind of restaurants that 
are very focused on the research of food, mm-hmm. food research. So with the great techniques, but more simple, more casual uh, into the wine. Uh, but of course, you spend some money there, but not like 200 euros uh, for one person. Sure, yeah. Yeah, because you have to recall that here is the most wanted city, Milan, for work, because the income are either than other cities in uh, in Italy but the people here are not so rich to go uh, in this Michelin restaurant every time so mm-hmm. at some point something happened and they discover the chef and the people discover that they can make a good restaurant even if uh, their uh, service is simple uh, the service is simple or uh, the wine are not only champagne um, and from these great restaurants, these great male chefs, uh, we came slowly in these uh, kind and cozy, affordable restaurants with uh, uh, young people, uh, with uh, funky wines, uh, and it's more cheerful, it's funny. Know, people, uh, maybe with COVID, uh, we want to spend more time outside, mm-hmm. like in the big city in the north or in Paris. Uh, and uh, I, I recall that in 2010, when I arrived in Milan, uh, everything is closed. Yeah. And this is the main thing that maybe people don't used to like Milan or discover Milan later than Rome, Florence or Venice, because it's much closer than other places. Mm-hmm. Because Rome is a, is a there is a very good weather there, and uh, every corner you can find uh, tables from a restaurant. Here was all inside. A, a lot of restaurants has the the space uh, out, mm-hmm. but you can see from the street. Yeah. There is behind. Uh, there is uh, a courtyard. So Milan is full of courtyard. And if you don't know, you can see it. So someone have to tell you, and this is it. Exactly. It's such yeah. it's a hidden city, as yeah. they say. And I remember it was probably my first year I had moved here. I was doing a language exchange with someone. That this randomly, like I was at a hair salon, and <laughs> and this woman there heard me speaking English, and she told me my son's just back from Australia. He's looking for someone to practice English with. If you want to practice Italian, maybe you can have a language exchange. I was like, sure. So we started doing a regular language exchange and we meet by Arco della Pace because it was mutually convenient, but it was a mutual meeting point between where we both lived. And, you know, some man was sitting there and he overheard us talking and he was like, where are you from? And, you know, we just had this conversation with him and he had said, Milan is the city of big closed doors and the most beautiful interior courtyards or something like that. And I was like, that is the perfect metaphor in like the, you know, in the literal and figurative sense. And I wish I came up with that myself, but I didn't. And I have to give him credit for it. (laughs) But, but, but he's right though, because that's exactly what it is. You don't, and I feel like I got to know the city so, so well, because I had friends here and knew people who, who lived here. And it's one of those cities you kind of have to like live it to, to, um, I don't know if appreciate is the right word, but maybe just to get it. Yeah. So it's sort of the best way to to learn about it, I think, through the people who who live here. Like when you're traveling here, you want to talk to to people who who know the good places to go. Because I feel like 
a lot of times the guidebooks don't do a good, mm. a good job pointing people in the right direction. And when you see sometimes lists of where to eat here and there's so many places not on it, and I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Because uh, uh, as we said before, the good places sometimes hide it. So. Exactly. So <laughs> you have to check uh, on the... Uh, Or your article, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Come to my blog. <laughs> yes. I suggest that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I just want to elaborate on two things you had said before. First, um, when you were talking about how the, the Milanese like to go out and whatnot, and they, they like to, you know, they, they do appreciate spending money on good food and drinks. And I feel like that has also crossed over a lot into the aperitivo, for instance, because even before COVID, like completely put the kibosh on the big buffet spreads. Now, if you go somewhere where they do the buffet or where they did the buffet in the past, they just bring you over a plate of food. But even before that, people were going to natural wine bars for an aperitivo or cocktail bars for an aperitivo, like you know, more refined cocktail bars yes. than a typical bar and paying for, you might get a small plate of stuff to go with it, but paying for the food instead of having the free buffet food for it. Yeah. At some point, I think uh, people get sick of, eating bad stuff, yeah. like old stuff, because if you go to on, on the Navigli, there are so many places that offer you this, I don't know, piece of bread or old pasta, old rice uh, to stuff you in. And so you are glad and take another cocktail. So you pay the cocktail there and that's it. But I think that grow, growing up, like you, if you are in the middle 20s and go out, you are so tired to eating those things, very, very bad things. Mm -hmm. And uh, you decided to spend a little more and uh, stay, I don't think healthier, but it's, of course, test, tasteful. Mm -hmm. In so many places, uh, they, I don't know, for Enoteke or some natural wines uh, bar, are against this concept of giving you this free food Mm -hmm. So, and they lower the price about the wines maybe and uh, invest on cuisine. So this is the, the other little revolution here. So the wine bar are becoming a next thing in Milan, I think, and uh, even in other cities in, uh, in, uh, in Italy, but especially here because mm -hmm. in, uh, I think, five years, three years, they open the... Uh, Done 10 more natural wine bars yeah. and um, people enjoy that and they're always full so something is good in that format so it's right for us and I research when I go abroad the same kind of uh, stuff because you can try a piece of uh, gastronomy there and at the same, same time uh, have a good glass of wine and discover uh -huh. new bottles and new labels. There is this big little revolution right now here. It's true. Yeah. And even before, when you were talking about the restaurants too, and going out these places where the food is really good and you're not spending a lot of money. For instance, last week I went to La Sala Bistro with two yeah. I love. I love it. I love it so much. I want, I'm craving to I'm go obsessed. there. <laughs> It's near where I live. If you ever want to go, I'll meet you there whenever you yeah, want. Yes, I, I agree. I love it. I craving to, to come back because I was, when uh, they opened like After two weeks I, uh -huh. from the opening, I went to have dinner there. It was so good. It Everything is. was so good. And, you know, there is um, this young chef there. 
he worked on the Aspazio uh, from Nicaramito. Yes. yes. Okay. The one yeah. is very, which is a very good restaurant close to Duomo and it's mm-hmm. the best view on Duomo. So that is true. If you want to have this romantic dinner with your boyfriend, girlfriend, or friend, um, it was a very, very good spot. And he worked there for a couple of years, I think. And now he's killing it. It's so good. Yeah. It, and it, that yeah. was the, the, the thing that I said before. It's very wine-related, wine-focused, but the good... The food is special. It so. is. It's spectacular. It's so, it's simple, but like elegant, but not too fussy that it's intimidating. Yeah, fussy. That's the right. It's just, it's amazing. And it was, but last Saturday I went there with two friends and we had, um, you know, between us, the three of, we got, because what I love about their menu is it's not like the antipasti, you know, primi, secondi. There's just a bunch of dishes, some smaller than others. So we each got two dishes and, you know, with the bottle of wine, it was 90 euro for the three of us. Yeah. And it was like, really good food. Yeah. I spend a little bit more in restaurants, but it's my problem. <laughs> I know. I sometimes do too. And it's funny though, because we couldn't believe it when we got the check and we were like, oh my gosh, this is yeah, amazing. It's not so, so it's expensive just, for the yeah. quality. It's not so expensive. Yeah. And I think they are the just. I recommend this kind of restaurant to mm-hmm. a foreign that came here for two or three days because you can find pasta there. There yeah. is pasta. There is, yeah. But you can try something more. So not the always same restaurant with the always the same saffron rice, which is risotto, saffron risottos, which is very lovely. I like it so much. Mm-hmm. But at some point you have to discover what, Italian cuisine will be in the future. And yeah. if you are into food, of course. If you are a tourist, come here today. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Saffron risotto is okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. I always, when people ask for recommendations, I always, of course, tell them Maratana. And I'm like, if you really want to yeah. try the great Saffron risotto, have it there. And then, but it was like, if you want to do an old school trattoria, I always tell them, like, hit up Da Martino because yeah, I mean, Martino. you're not going to find the saffron risotto, but it is so amazing. It's so seasonal. The menu changes pretty much every day and yes. it's really high quality and it sort of has that old school, you know, casalinga feel, but it's not, um, it's not like every other old school trattoria with the same menu that's the same year round. Yes. And that Cotoletta is insane. Yes. And they have the great bottles of wine. Very, they do. Very high, high. You didn't imagine that they have this great bottle of wines, but they have. Yeah. It's surprising. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you give some examples of some of the like interesting places you've covered in Milan recently? I think one of the best places uh, recently was this cocktail bar in Lambrate that is called the Unseen Bar. Unseen Bar. And it's a very uh, little cocktail bar uh, with a communal ta- a commune table and uh, there is nothing else <laughs> because there is not the usual... Um, uh, the bar top? The bar, t- uh, yeah. And it's all this pastel color. It's, uh, it's called the, the first vapor wave bar in Milan or mm-hmm. in Italy, I think so. The guys behind that is a very crazy one. I love it. Oh, I love check it out. I love it because it's very, um, I don't know how to say, it's very direct and careful at the same time because mm-hmm. when you 
is stuffed uh, from people and uh, is alone with another girl, which is adorable uh, and, and very good as, as well. When he is, uh, the, 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 there are too many people, he, he knows that uh, make the good service for everyone. So he say, guys, I, I can, can take you because there is so many people. Um, there would be a mess. Don't worry. But if you want to come another time, please tell me. And he is very direct and careful at the same time, as I said. Um, but the cocktail is, is crazy because you know that vapor wave is this wave about uh, old times uh, and for our for us millennials old times is like 90s and uh, okay. 2000 yeah sure because we we were young <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, created all this imaginary uh, with the, the taste of the cocktails uh, for the projection on the wall that he made uh, with old manga or, or old cartoons, old uh, TV series. Mm. And uh, he tried to replicate uh, the taste of our uh, old uh, soda with old Coca-Cola and uh, lemon with the cocktail. That's so fun. It's very funny. It and this is the main thing. We went with my friend there for the first time last summer and we were sure that it was a very not good place uh, with uh, a lot of hype hype for our our circle, not for everyone in Milan, of course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, we saw the, the Instagram page and we said, ha, 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 it's very strange place. I think it's all uh, made up for social media. It's not genuine at all. Yeah. So we went there one night and after we ate in Chichara, which is a very good place. I love Chichara. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very close to Duomo. It's a very good spot to eat and to dinner there um and we went and uh, we we fell in love like mm-hmm. instantly oh. and and the, the funny thing he changed his menu he cocktail is like four or five times uh, during the year the year and uh, every time he say zia which is bro but in Italian, is Dia uh, is a feminine too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I changed my cocktail list. Uh, you have to try the new cocktails. Uh, come here with uh, my friends. And you are on this commune table and uh, you chat f- with everyone. So it's very... I have to check it out. There is That's a vibe so there. Yeah. yeah, there is a vibe. And we covered that story. I write uh, about uh, him and this uh, uh, cocktail bar. I can say that people are very curious and uh, I know that like two or three days later from the article, uh, it was very full of people because mm, we don't talk about all the new stuff in Milan. So this is special about us. As we're wrapping up, I was wondering if you could share with me five places in Milan that you love. It doesn't necessarily have to be like, you know, something preferential or one more than the other, but just five places that are hosti del cuore, as we say, or places of the heart. I live close to Tipografia Alimentare, which is uh, a food hub. And uh, we co- he, they call themselves like that, but I call a food hub as well because it's open from morning to the evening. The main uh, thing is, uh, of course, lunch, because they made this... Uh, 
wonderful vegetables-based, uh, plant-based dishes, uh, but they're very good, tasteful, and for everyone. They have now natural wines, and uh, the aperitivo there is uh, something. I really, yeah, I love that place too. And it's, I think it's like the first, because now there's a lot of similar places in the city that are these sort of like, yes. you know, hubs or multi concept establishments that yeah. are open for breakfast, lunch, aperitivo, and have all the natural wines and the coffee and pastries and whatnot. And, and they, they made... The first, I think. Uh, I think, yes, because uh, the main thing about them mm-hmm. is uh, always changing something. Yeah. For example, they opened the bakery because they figured out under lockdown about that. And they hired a very good uh, bread maker. She's wonderful. And uh, they started to make uh, cinnamon rolls or pastry or and bread is very good it's one of the best bread in Milan right now they always changing evolving uh, uh, even in cuisine sometimes they put uh, uh, their carretto the cart close to the river because the place is close to a little tiny river called Naviglio Martesana and may street food they love what they're doing mm-hmm. and uh, i think you can tell because uh, you try always different dishes always different wines uh, you can have lunch there like three or five times in the month and not eating the same thing so mm-hmm. this is i think is important if you want to the people come back not always not only the people during the weekend Another one uh, is in my heart because I have my lunch wedding there is oh. Erba Brusca. It is my favorite place for risotto because uh, Alice de Curto is the, the chef there. She is, uh, she's American. Best risotto for me was made by, from an American girl, American <laughs> w- woman now, but <laughs> at the time was a girl. And my favorite risotto is during the summer with uh, pepper. Uh, and it's a little bit outside the city, but not so far. You can grab a taxi and go there. It's perfectly fine. And I think it's very special because uh, there is, they have, uh, they grow their, their own vegetables. And it's not vegetarian, so they have meat. But they are very careful about what they choose to put in the menu. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very interesting. Another place... It's Enoteca Naturale. I suggest to all because it's uh, in the center, close to Navigli, but it's in this yard, very awesome. It's very, I would not say romantic, but it's very chill. It is. It's almost like an urban oasis, right? Because yes. it's just this large garden right smack in the middle of the city. Yeah, you can see this very old church in front of you, but there is space here. Sometimes the bars, the wine bars are very, you know, close to each other with the, with the tables and there's a lot of space. Uh, and they now have this, uh, they're starting to have uh, dinner as well with a very tasty menu because they have this uh, young chef that worked at the Michelin star, the, the restaurants. And he decided to uh, embrace the project because uh, they have part of uh, uh, emergency. It is a non-profit organization uh, that bring doctors in all the world places. Wow, so that's amazing. They, they are linked uh, uh, to another. And they have this uh, project to involve uh, um, a refugee 
Uh, and uh, they started working with them in the cuisine or in the service. And that is very, but the wine there are always changing. Even there, the menu is always changing. And there isn't this new testing menu. And they try to try to figure out how to understand people. The testing menu is different from aperitivo and it's very good. To left, I said unseen bar before, so I, <laughs> I can skip it. But it's a very nice place to have cocktail there. Another place that I like so much is Bentoteca. Yes. 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 It was a, a fine dining restaurant with a Michelin star. Mm-hmm. And he, the chef was, uh, a, a, the owner uh, was uh, um, the, the former sous chef of Massimo Bottura in Modena at Osteria Francescana. He left in 2014-15 and he's opened, he opened his fine dining restaurant uh, between uh, Italian cuisine and Japanese cuisine because his name is Yoji Tokuyoshi, so he's originally from uh, Japan. And, and then COVID happened. He tried to evolve as well and uh, tried to find uh, a new way to stand because uh, at that time fine dining restaurants suffer so much and he changed everything and he's opened this bentoteca it's called like that and uh, to offer not of more japanese but not only because there are so intersection with our cuisine italian cuisine because he works for 10 years in modern so He's very used to our cuisine. He travels over the world, even in Calabria, mm-hmm. uh, um, for find the old recipes and uh, different ingredients. And he made these dishes that are very funny, very enjoyable. And he isn't natural wine as well, so you can find there a good selection. It is a very nice place. Uh, you can say it's it's elegant, but if you see the, um, the waiter or the waitress, uh, there are this t-shirt, very, very easy, very chill. So you can say it's in between. Mm-hmm. And I like it so much. One more place. But then another one that I like it uh, recently is Rost. In, uh, yes, um, that's the same street as like Osteria de la Concurrenza. Yeah. That via Melzo. Melzo, yes. In Via Melzo, yeah, you can find a lot of restaurants. <laughs> I think like, I know. I kind of want to write a post from my blog all about that street, all the restaurants on it's there. It's explosive. Sometimes, it is. yeah. And uh, if, uh, I don't know, if after COVID, some, some place is uh, closed, mm-hmm. after one week, they open in another <laughs> one. Yeah, it's in Porto Venezia. It's a very vibrant mm-hmm. neighbor, uh, full of restaurants, uh, cheap or not cheap. It is in between. And there is this street full of restaurants. One of these is uh, Rost. Very simple ingredients, very simple uh, dishes, good wines, very natural wines there. Enrico, the, the host, is amazing. It suggests very well. Uh, you can grab two or three dishes there and enjoy that or adding more try all the menu and the very seasonal they changing all the time mm-hmm. uh, so I like those places and so it is not so much it's very tiny place if, if during the the summer there is uh, the outdoor too 
but during the winter it's very cozy and it seems like not French because it's a bistro, but in the French way, you know, the mood, uh, because sometimes in Italian restaurants, uh, they don't set up the light in the right way. Uh, I don't know. Sure, there is, yeah, there is not the mood. Yeah, and I understand. There, yeah. in my opinion, there is a good mood. I remember when I first moved here and I would go to dry in 2013 yeah. and I loved going there because I loved the lighting yes. because I thought it had such a good mood, but all of my Italian friends were like, no, it's too dark. It's too dark. <laughs> I like I it. it. If you want to, yeah. to talk with your friends, you don't want the spotlight in front of you yeah. or above <laughs> your head. Okay. And I even used to joke. I remember when I lived in Rome with my like fellow American friends and we go to a restaurant there, we would joke and say we wanted to carry like, you know, the, the dish towels with us and just sort of like throw them over the <laughs> of our table just to yeah. dim things down. I think that in New York, there are so many places that the, the light is so dark mm-hmm. and you, you can see. Yeah, I know. You, yeah. You have to like <laughs> take your phone light out sometimes. Yeah. What I'm eating, I don't know. I don't see, I don't see the dishes, but yeah, I think in between it's okay. Mm-hmm. From Italian, middle, uh, halfway from New York and Milan. Grazie mille, Roberta. And thank you all so much for tuning in. You can find the names of all the places we discussed in the show notes, as well as in a recap I posted on my blog, signorinainmilan.com. And speaking of my blog, I also just published a post about the Amelzo, or Milan's de facto restaurant row. It's the street on which you can find Roast, the last place that Roberta mentioned, as well as some other superb spots that have opened there in the last couple of years. Thank you all so much for tuning into the Milano Files. I'll be back next week, and I hope you all join me again. Thank you.